This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Clipping through the uh, midweek edition, we've got our panel coming by. The roundtable discussion with Buzz Hargrove and uh, Catherine Swift at 4.30. Less than an hour from now, and in the next hour after that, uh, Ernie Eves, John Turley-Ewart, and Mitzi Hunter is going to join the fray today. Uh, a lot of interesting things to discuss. You know, the hallway medicine thing that the Ford government's been criticized over. Uh, also locally, that uh, cutbacks to child care spaces in the city of Toronto would reduce that number by 3,000 because that was promised by the previous Liberal government in the throes of an election. And so Doug Ford scuttling that, it now is seen as a cutback. So uh, we'll get to all of those topics and more. But first, we were talking about, you know, uh, well, certain types of tragedy, uh, certainly that's happened in the airline industry. I want to broach a couple of those incidents because there's a big protest out in front of the Russian consulate in uh, Sydney, uh, Australia. It's five years since the downing of that Malaysian airplane over Russia. Well, it was over eastern Ukraine, but Russian uh, forces, I guess, shot it down with a missile. Four people have been uh, cited by Dutch authorities, but collecting the money on that is anyone's guess. However, there's a woman in Western Canada who wants to collect some money. Uh, She says a bag fell on her head as a passenger was attempting to stow their luggage on a WestJet flight. Uh, She's suing now not just the passenger, but the airline as well in B.C. Supreme Court for damages, claiming she had a concussion and uh, there were other repercussions. Let's get Jock Williams in here, Global News Radio's aviation expert, to opine on this and other such. Jock, how are you doing this afternoon? Very well, John. Great day for Jock Radio. Thank you for that. Uh, by the way, this woman who had the overhead luggage fall on her head and concussed her, she says, think she has a case? Well, she has a case, but I don't think the case is against the airline. I think it would be against the person who was trying to jam the luggage into an available space that probably wasn't big enough. But I'm surprised that more people are not beamed by falling bottles of scotch and that sort of thing, because uh, you see people carrying bags on that you know very well were not forced to fit into the test device that's at the uh, the, the ticket validation uh, point. And I think what we need to do to solve this problem is it institute about a $10,000 fine for each time a bag gets past that point that will not actually fit into the available space. And the question is then, which who pays it, the airline or the passenger, or both? Because it's a pet peeve of mine watching stuff fall on people as they're trying to load onto the aircraft. Drive you crazy. Well, you know, cases that you cite, like uh, bottles falling and things like that, those have already been contested in courts in the United States. That's right. And judges found the airline staff had done nothing improper. It That's was actually right. the passenger at fault. Well, whose responsibility is it? If a guy's trying to force a bag into a, into a space that it won't fit into, and he's slamming it, and you see some pretty violent actions going on. And if, if as a result of the slamming, uh, something drops on the passenger beneath, 
you know, whose fault is it? I agree that someone's at fault, but I don't believe it's the airline, except that the airline should never have let the person on board with a bag that won't slip easily into the available space. All right. Well, this woman is suing WestJet for negligence and breach of statutory duty. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I guess the law says you got to stop people from dropping stuff on uh, other passengers. And, and there is an element of truth in that. But you can't be responsible for ev- everything that the 200 people you put on board an airplane, everything that they do. You have to assume they'll exercise a modicum of common sense. But it's not true. Just sit and watch one day and, and tell me then. All right. Well, she says WestJet uh, failed to provide any or uh, adequate direction or assistance to passengers in stowing their luggage (laughs) that that, uh, this passenger, I guess, ought to have known or they should have known rather that this passenger would have difficulty stowing her luggage. Well, don't you find it interesting that they show you how to do up a seatbelt? If a person doesn't know how to do up a seatbelt, they have no business being on an airplane. Yeah, it seems to me, yeah, in an overly litigious society these days, especially in the United States, like, uh, you know, even the most commonsensical thing that should be a no-brainer for people. That's right. uh, It turns out now it could have uh, liability issues attached. But the litigious society is coming to Canada also at a theater near you. Seems to be. Jock Williams is with us, Global News Radio's aviation expert. On this matter of, you know, responsibility, uh, holding airlines to account, what do you make of this new protection passenger bill of rights that's just been passed? I think there's a lot of things in it that are pretty good. Some of the things, passengers may be unaware of this, but some of the things have been in place for many years, but they haven't been formalized or, or legislatively passed. It, it used to be, as an example, that you'd hear an announcement, any passenger holding a seat on Air Canada flight so-and-so to Vancouver who is willing to give up his seat, contact the desk, and we'll give you a free ticket and a cash settlement. And I, I used to take advantage of that when I was flying regularly out to Vancouver. I would go early to the Ottawa airport and sit there and wait. And sometimes I would take advantage of it several times. Why not? You know, once you realize what game is on, you might as well get in it. So there's some things like that that are going to satisfy people. Others will be considered to be too high or too low. But I think they intend to adjust the system within a couple of months. That when they when they see how it's being used or misused, they will make adjustments to make it both user friendly and airline friendly. Right. As you cite, uh, you know, where people are getting bumped or delayed, uh, the airlines have to compensate you. Some have turned that into a cottage industry. You know, they're willing on an overbooked flight to be bumped and then take the cash. Uh, You can really uh, rack up the points. By the way, uh, you know, the interesting thing here is if the plane has left the gate, uh, people are entitled to working lavatories, uh, proper ventilation and heating or cooling, food and drink, and the ability to communicate with people outside the plane free of charge, which I've heard horror stories where planes have been sitting on the tarmac for nine hours. Folks can't get food or water. I mean, they're not feeding. It won't be happening anymore, John, because after three hours and 45 minutes, the thing becomes actionable, and and there are some pretty serious uh, fines for an airline that exceeds the three-hour and 45-minute limit. That's too long. That will be changed downwards, I'm sure. There's no reason why you should be pulled away from the gate and then sitting there for that long. But but they got to tweak it. We'll see. 
Yeah, if it's more than three hours, uh, you've still got a 45-minute period of grace if you uh, will plan to take off in that ensuing 45. If not, you've got to go back to the gate and let people get off. That's right. But if I were the captain, I'd be ordering drinks on, on the house for everyone. That seems to solve a lot of problems. As soon as you start apologizing a lot, giving out free stuff, everybody gets a lot happier. So maybe that will help along the yeah, way. Yeah, there was a story not too long ago where I guess a pilot took it upon himself to order pizza for everybody on the plane. <laughs> Well, good for him. That's leadership. Yeah, that, that's what that's called. He's uh, in, in line for a bonus. As you say, the penalties to the airlines, I understand, would be uh, 25000 for each incident in which they're non-compliant. So yeah. uh, that would be a penalty that would get their attention. Again, with Jock Williams, Global News Radio's aviation expert, I want to ask you about a couple of outstanding uh, stories as well when it comes to fatalities through the air. Uh, you know, this... Uh, Boeing 737 that crashed twice, the MAX, uh, first in Malaysia, I guess, yeah. and then uh, five months later in Ethiopia. Uh, there were people testifying before Congress today and suggesting in one instant, one Toronto man who lost his wife, mother-in-law, and three young children, uh, saying Boeing should never have greenlit this plane to fly. He'd be enjoying the summertime with his kids now, and uh, all would be wonderful. And he said... Uh, he considers something like this an irredeemable design flaw. Now, we've talked about it in the past. Yeah. I'm guessing he's not, you know, an airline engineer or anything like that, so he's going on somebody's either advice or intel. Uh, do you think it will ever fly again? Oh, I'm sure it will fly again. It would be foolhardy to ground the entire fleet of aircraft as a result of two accidents. Uh, I, I feel for the guy. You know, he lost a major portion of his family. He's going to be hurting forever. But there's no company in the world that can guarantee a safe arrival at destination. They can only do the very best they can to work in that direction. And, and Boeing, while they are to some extent, of course, responsible to make sure that all the training was done properly and so on, they they were totally unable to foresee this sequence of events. And I, I don't think you're going to find that the Boeing aircraft company had malicious intent, which you'd have to have to be punished the way people are asking them to be punished. They're, they're a very responsible major manufacturer of wonderful airplanes, and they will undoubtedly do the best they can to keep people happy and, and return some to a level of happiness. But there's just no getting around it. If you lose relatives, they're lost forever, and it's a shattering event. But you shouldn't ground the entire fleet because of something like this happening. In this case, though, no potential for a class action lawsuit? Well, it is a, it will be a class action lawsuit. One hopes that the U.S. courts will, will govern themselves reasonably. Years ago, they shut down the entire Piper Aviation Company because a drunk got a hold of a Piper aircraft, flew it while drunk, managed to kill himself, but killed some other people. And, and the company was put out of business by the findings of the, of the jury that tried the case. You've got to hope that, that if this does come to trial, it's tried under reasonable ground rules. That, that Boeing isn't, as an example, fined $500 million or something like that because two of their aircraft crashed, because no company can possibly guarantee that none of their aircraft will ever crash. It just can't be done. Finally, let me ask on the story of the MH17. This was the Malaysian airline yes. flight yes. over eastern Ukraine, uh, shot down by uh I guess Russian rebels in that part of the country. Five years ago, there were people protesting outside the Russian consulate in Sydney, Australia, in yeah, recognition indeed. of such, because uh, they lost some people there, the Aussies did. Now, the Dutch courts, actually investigators, I guess, named four men who were to be charged with murder. 
What are the prospects if this is something to do with Russian military? Obviously, they had a, a <laughs> missile, you know, a heat-seeking missile of some That's sort. Right. Yeah, I don't think it was a heat-seeker. I think it was a radar-guided. But the fact of the matter is, one way or the other, they had a, a totally military missile. This wasn't a bunch of amateurs that threw this thing together. It was one off a combined launcher. I think the launcher held four. And there are before and after pictures of the launcher, one with three of them on board still, and one with the full load before they were shot. But what you have to get here is somebody, either in the Russian military or in the Ukrainian rebel military, to admit that they did it. They're all standing there looking at their hands and saying, look, you see no evidence of me on that thing. And it's true. You know, they, they'll be able to talk their way around it unless somebody comes clean. And Vladimir Putin is not noted for being an apologetic, uh, clean-spirited sort of a guy. Right. So the prospects of uh, bringing anybody to justice on this particular one, uh, not that good is what you're well, saying. Well, they may somehow get these four guys, but I'd be fascinated to hear how they picked out these four from among the entire chain of command of the Russian military and the Ukraine rebel force, for lack of a better term. Who knows how they came up with these four guys and said they're the responsible people. Because because a unit that has that kind of missile would, would contain typically, let's say, about 800 people. How do you pick which four out of the 800 were responsible for the use of one of these missiles? Lord only knows. Well, could be like Tom Cruise and a few good men who gave the order. And, you know, he badgered <laughs> right. it out of uh, Jack Nicholson. So that's, if we've got something right. like that happening they here... You could only get Tom Cruise on this. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise. They named a missile after him. Uh, listen, Jock, I always appreciate your time. Thanks for it. Good talking to you, John. You got a Jock Williams, Global News Radio's aviation expert. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.